The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. And that's because the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe has some great features like the available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads, and much, much more. So think about those places that you want to go, the things that you'd like to do this weekend and where the Santa Fe can take you. Learn more about the all new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Freaking first cut. Golly. Welcome to the First Cup Podcast. I'm Rick Gaiman, and this is your recap episode for this week's Sony Open. Boy, do we have ourselves a recap to get to. Joining me this evening to break it all down, Greg Ducharme is here. Greg, good to have you, bud. Yeah, it's good to be here. Um, You can see I'm in a a little bit of a new place, Um, and as so it's been quite a weekend, let's just say that, but I did get to watch (laughs) some of the Sony today, which was I, I definitely caught the best part of it. Let's just say that. So it was a uh, it, it was a great tournament, a great finish to it, and I can't say I'm not surprised. I, I mean, I, I'm surprised. I'm very surprised at the way it turned out. It looked like this thing was over early. Well, we'll certainly get to all that in due time. Mark Immelman is here. Mark, happy Sunday evening. This one uh, was exciting all the way through the final shot. Yeah, they often are. Hey, hey, Greg, a little birdie once told me that if there's one thing that will challenge a marriage, that's moving house. So good oh. job this weekend, my friend. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> I, it's been great. We were excited. Um, my wife's really excited about the new place. So no, it's been there's been stress, but it's all good. It's a, more excitement than anything else. Gentlemen, I'm, I, normally we would do these recaps and I would start with the winner and we'd spend 10 or 12 minutes on him and then we go to the guy in second and we go down the leaderboard. I don't think that's going to do it justice for what we saw on Sunday at the Sony Open. So I'm going to try to take this a little bit chronologically here because we started our Sunday with Russell Henley, two shots clear, and Mark, he goes out in 29. <laughs> he birdies six, he birdies seven, he birdies eight, he eagles nine. Our very own Kyle Porter tweets out the Vince Carter doc gif. It's it's over. He's five did, clear. Did Kyle do that? Oh, he did. Yeah, he did. <laughs> oh, we'll talk about that in a bit. Five clear as he makes the turn. This is a walk in the park to victory, or at least we thought it was going to be. You know, sadly, it never really is, uh, but you stack the odds in your favor when you have that bigger lead. But like I said, the, the one thing about when I was, you and I caught up on Friday evening, the thing about Wiley is there are no real hemorrhages. But you could see there, Russell started a bit nervous to me. You know, the first few swings he made were not very convicted, and he sort of looked a little late. Then all of a sudden, he found a groove and was just majestic. I mean, the guy was hitting it inside five feet every time he stood in, over an iron shot. And so it looked convincing. And then that, uh, I think Hideki forcing Russell's hand a little bit with driver down 10, uh, that sort of turned the tide some. And then you tweak the approach shot to 11, and all of a sudden you can start thinking about stuff. And then there was a miss from Henley that was left off, I think it was 13, then a few late rights, and the tee shots of 18 sort of looked a little late. 
And that happens when, you know, you're a little nervy, you know, you don't, especially Russell, slightly shorter backswing. He's got a pretty hard rotation of the body. So you can turn away from your arms a little fast if you're a little antsy. And so, you know, I, I think a little nerve set in. Maybe he started to think about the fact that, hold on, I was up five, now I'm only up three, and now I'm only up one. And that stuff catches up with one mentally. But, you know, I felt for him. I'm, I sent him I sent him a text just a minute ago just to say, look, hard luck, mate, great playing. Because this is sort of how it is. You've got to play for 72 holes and beyond, and sometimes you can play great and not win. That's that's the reality of the game. Yeah, the, the back nine there for Russell Henley-Gray, completely different story. 36, that's one over. He lost two and a half shots to the field. You can tell that it was just a little bit loose out there at times, but that that five-shot lead, it, it just got chipped away at, right? After nine, he was five clear. After 10, it was only four. After 11, that was your bigger swing. Henley made bogey because he couldn't get up and down from a green side bunker. That's Now it's down to two. Things are starting to get really palm sweaty at this moment, right? It's only a one-shot lead after 15. I mean, we're, we're just watching this in real time disintegrate. This lead just fall away. Slowly. Slowly. It wasn't like what you saw in 2016 at the Masters where Jordan hits it, it, you know, makes a quad on a single hole and the whole thing flips on its head. It was a slow, steady, um, you know, loss for lack of a better term. I don't want to call it. A, he didn't necessarily fall apart. Things just got away from him. And when you're on a, a golf course like that, where there's only the one par five on the second nine and it's on 18. There's no easy birdie. So you got to hit a good shot. You got to step up at some point and hit a great shot to make a birdie. And where it felt so easy on the first nine, you look at these proximities and it's it's ridiculous. Three feet, five feet. But then all of a sudden you you hit the one uh, you hit the, the one wedge shot on 10 to 40 feet, and now you're thinking. And then you short side yourself on eleven. And it seemed like every one after that was wide side. He didn't want to short side himself. He was trying to, it, it almost looked like he didn't want to see another two shot swing, which there's, there's some merit to that, right? You birdie 18 and you win. And so mm-hmm. strategy wise, playing it safe is the playing it to the wide side of the, away from the bunkers, away from short side and yourself may have been the right play, but the, he made the one mistake on 11 and didn't capitalize on 18. And ultimately you lose. And I want to add to that because that's a good point that Greg made there. Um, I I give Russell tremendous kudos for those saves he made on 12 and on 13. Yeah. You know, he's drawn horrid lies in the rough and gets away making par with both of them. And that's when I thought, you know, maybe he's just going to, you know, stabilize this thing a little bit. And then on four, well, maybe it was 13 and 14. I, it, my mind uh, fails me now. But. I want to visit that putt that he hit in regulation on 18 because when it was on the the way and they showed the replay, you could see they had a camera that was trained on his face. And as he hit it, he's got the typical like squinty eye professional looking thing. Then you could see his eyes widen when the ball must've been like two, three feet from the cup (laughs) because I thought it was in. He thought it was melted (laughs) over the top edge. I I think if you had to ask him right now, he probably would have said, I thought that was going to drip in the top side. So, if that falls in, all our conversations and our pining are moot. Because the truth is, he made some really good saves over the backside. Matsuyama went and got him. Uh, let, let's not let's not discount the fact that Hideki shoots 63 in the final day to yes. get into a playoff. 
not only does he shoot 63 on the final day, he shoots 63 on Saturday as well. It was an unbelievable yeah. weekend for Hideki, including four birdies, no bogeys on his second nine on Sunday. And Greg, I, I want to take us through 18 here because we stepped on 18T with uh, Russell Henley with a one-shot lead. And I think this is really kind of where, and Mark alluded to this a little bit earlier, having the honor for basically the entire back nine Hideki put a lot of pressure on Russ with the driver. And I have never seen Hideki swing out of his shoes like he did on 18T to absolute, I think it was 338 is what the number was. I mean, he carried everything over the left side, all the bunkers. I've never seen him take a swing like that. And it just felt like he had all the momentum in the world in that moment. It was, um, it was 338. You're right on, right on the button to a perfect spot. And it's funny when you look at it on the shot, when you look at the hole, the map of the hole, if you're on PGATour.com looking at the map, the the bunker that that Henley hit it into is miles back of that. Yeah. It's a huge advantage. Yeah. And now all of a sudden you have 211 into a par five. And, and you know, the thing is you, you're not expecting Henley to hit it in the bunker and have to lay up. You're thinking you got to make eagle. That, because that's a hole you should make birdie on. And if Henley hits the fairway, birdie, because there it is. That's perfect. I mean, look at where, look at the difference between those two. If you yeah. just look at Hideki's ball, that bunker seems like it's out of play, but it's clearly very much in play. So um, that made a huge difference where Russell couldn't go for the green and two because having to make Eagle and having to make birdie are two very different things. And Hideki had a really nice shot in regulation. Um, but it, it was a, it, it wasn't an Eagle shot. And if, if Henley hits it in the fairway there, that shot is, he might be disappointed with it. Um, but he, he got, he ended up getting another crack at it because Henley wasn't able to convert the birdie there. So, um, he, and, and when he got another crack at it, boy, he gave us something special. Yeah, so Mark mentioned that Russell Henley did have a 10-footer to win this golf tournament, left it on the top side, kind of ran out of speed a little bit uh, after having to lay up because he hit, he hit into that fairway bunker that we just saw if you're watching on YouTube. And we go to a playoff. And Mark, uh, you know, it's one thing to go through the back nine that Russell Henley did with Hideki Matsuyama putting all the pressure on him and eventually catching him. And now you got to go back and you got to play 18 again. Mm -hmm. And... You know, I don't know if that's a great, you know, if 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 that hole really sets up well for Russell Henley's eye, he ends up putting it in the same exact fairway bunker. It has to lay up again. It just felt like deja vu when we got into the playoff from something we saw 15 minutes earlier. Well, it's one of the reasons why I find it curious that Russell plays as well as Wiley at Wiley is what he does because his natural shot peels from left to right, and when he's got to go hard, that's what he goes to. And as you come down the stretch there, 16 turns in the opposite direction of that. 18 certainly does. And, and 18, for the folks who haven't been down there, that tee shot is narrow because those trees that Hideki took it over, they encroach quite a long ways. And, and so for a, a person who hits a natural cut shot off there, it's a very narrow corridor. And I, it was funny then to me too, because you saw the chaser's freedom, and we've talked about that in regulation because Matsuyama was behind he eased all the way to the right side of the tee and just opened up and hit the driver as hard and as high as he could, which takes out the right bunker if you started left enough. Then in the playoff, Bedecki now goes, all right, I'm going to put one in the fairway. So he gears down 
yeah. and sort of whiffs the three metal into the fairway. So there was a lot of that at play too. So it's just a difficult tee shot. Um, there's a reason why one in three players hit the fairway um, pretty much on average on that hole there because it's just narrow and the hole sits at a 90-degree dogleg and that shoot is so difficult. And for someone like Henley who likes to go to a fade, Matsuyama can draw one comfortably if he needs to. But for Russell Henley, that's just not the kind of hole where you feel comfortable. Because if he did, he's a pretty accurate driver as well. He'd probably just open up in a driver there. I may be overthinking this, Greg, but it just feels, it felt like everything was pulling against Russell Henley. So not only does he not have the honor, basically the entire back nine and Hideki just goes bonkers with the driver and puts himself in great positions. But Henley does have the honor in the playoff and he's got to go first. And he finds the bunker and Hideki literally has driver in hand and he puts it back in the bag because now we're truly in a match play scenario. And Hideki mm-hmm. says, all right, well, if you're there, I know I know it's a three-shot hole for you. I'm going to find the fairway. And it was just like, obviously Hideki played great. Obviously, Russell Henley would like a couple shots back on his back nine. But there were there were some things that kind of, you know, it felt like they were going in Hideki's favor as well. Yeah, and, and it was the right play, too. And yeah, when when you sure. look at that a hole at that length, at that distance, and, and the total, the hole in total is 549. If you hit it in the rough there, it's it's even, not even the bunker, right? If you just miss the fairway by a yard and you're in that rough, it's very difficult to get it on the green. And, and being in the, so that's one of those holes where the difference between the fairway and the rough, although in most cases, and in a large, you you know, you look at a large scale view, that's a minor difference. It's not a, not an important statistic. We talk about it all the time, but on that one tee shot and that one moment, getting the ball in the fairway is crucial. It allows you to hit any club in your back where when you miss the fairway, you can't, there, there are certain clubs you can't hit and now can you reach and now you're going to make a bad swing. And so there are so many things that go into that, but when you're in the fairway, it's go zone. And, and so that, that difference really expands and that's why it's a great hole. The, the advantage shifts tremendously fairway to, to rough or, or a bunker. And Hideki Matsuyama took advantage of that position in the playoff because from 276 yards away, gentlemen, he hit (laughs) easily the shot of the year so far. I mean, we're only two weeks in, but that one might hold up for a while because it was three wood that ends up two feet, eight inches away. What is essentially a tap in Eagle that will eventually allow him to capture the Sony open. But this was Mark just vintage Hideki, a- unbelievable shot getting it to land softly I-, I mean i don't even know how to come up with the adjectives to describe the shot that i witnessed this evening well there are a couple observations i have there first off in match play you know one of the rules are you try and control your opponent's um mindset to a certain extent and Adeki played that game on the tee when he stood up there with driver out of the bag early and then after russell hit three medal Hideki's like well no i'm not gonna hit driver kind of thing but then to stand there when you've got a slight opening, you know, imagine just a, the window slightly ajar and not just to hit a decent one down there and sort of give yourself the advantage to hit one in there and just basically go, now you've got a hole kind of thing. That is, it's, it's not just supreme mental match play talent. It's supreme talent all around. And, and that second shot also, just like the tee shot, 
is not as wide as what television makes it look because you're in the fairway there and the way the stands set around the green, which is perched up a little bit, which makes it play narrower, um, the, the, the stands make it look very wide, but the green is not that wide from left to right. And he started that thing sort of outside the margins of the green and carved this high fade in there to a background hole location. And the thing hit like a beanbag, man, with a three-wood off a tight lie. And I looked at this going, whoa, you know, there's very few guys in the game that can hit that shot off a tight lie with a three metal way in the air, bring it down there soft and hit it to inside five feet. That was seriously sexy. And, and it showed because Henley then, who's a decent wedge player, essentially yeah. skinned the wedge over the back of the green. And that was, it was on ice then. It's match play, Greg, right? I mean, when Hideki hits it to two feet, eight inches, and he's got that left for Eagle, and you're sitting in the fairway hitting your third, knowing you probably have to make it. I mean, it's just, it was, it was Hideki in kind of both a physical and, and mental onslaught, putting, putting Russell through the ringer in the playoff. It reminded me, uh, do you guys remember a couple of years ago? It might have been like five years ago now, Rory at, in the Irish Open. Yeah, that's what it reminded me of where it's just it's it's such a long shot you're so far away and it's yeah <laughs> just so perfect there's a few things cooler than that in the game where you can just flush a three wood from that to, and and flag it like that i mean it, it's a an incredibly difficult thing to do but to do it in that moment is just the cool it, it's so cool and it's such, it's such a cool way to see it end because it make, it really makes you feel like okay, he earned it. This wasn't was, this wasn't just a meltdown. This is a this is a win. And there was one more observation I wanted to make because for Shota, he's a he's Hideki's caddy, and him, they're pretty stoic. The two of them. I mean, they chit chat and stuff. And Hideki doesn't say very much ever. Shota will give him the yardage. Hideki will look at him and sort of nod and then pull a club, and then there's pull a trigger and go. When they arrived on 18T, they were smiling and freewheeling, and it looked like they were now playing with house money. The fact that they were five down with nine to go, and now they got another chance. Yeah. And you could just see there was this, this air of lightness about them. And it, it, win or lose, it just appeared that he had like achieved what he had set out to do, and that was somehow just suck this guy in, Henley, that is. And so they, they were playing with a certain freedom too, and you could see it on that second shot that he hit because that – that swing, that shot, that didn't smack of nerves at all. And that's a nervy situation when you're in a playoff. I don't care what people say. is like, look, you're guaranteed a chance to win, blah, blah, blah. Your heart is going and your your stuff is tightening up. And and that shot that he hit was was legendary. He would go on to tap in that eagle putt and add another victory. Now, the eighth of his PGA Tour career to his resume. And as our very own Kyle Porter pointed out on Twitter, Greg, this resume, it's pretty good. So here, here's what you got. Two wins in Phoenix, the Zozo, two WGCs, a Memorial, the Masters, this win right here. And oh, by the way, doesn't turn 30 until next month. Yeah, it, they're starting to add up quick. And this is exactly what we talk about all the time when it comes to a statistical model. This is why it's so important to be a great ball striker, right? This is why it's it's so important to hit the ball well. Because when you have a week where you get hot with the putter, all, you, you, can, you win. 
And and the other good thing Hideki does is he he really is quite clutch down the stretch. He doesn't seem to um, shy away from the moments. Um, but but all in all, the the big things that he's done to lead to this resume is be an elite ball striker. And so it allows him at the big events like the Memorial, like the Masters, like a WGC, um, and and it's really advantageous at in Phoenix as well. But those are courses where you don't have to necessarily get hot with the putter if you can hit if you can hit the ball that way. And so he can contend with the greatest fields in the world. And then all of a sudden, a couple of putts start to fall, and the guy's really hard to beat, really hard to beat. So it, it's really cool to see him adding up. Um, I you kind of still think of him as like a five win guy, but all of a sudden it's eight. And now we're looking at something really eight and with a major and we're looking at something really special now. And what I'd like to add to that, Rick, too, is it's sort of an unspoken because people aren't really aware of it because for the player, a player of his stature globally, um, never very much is spoken unless he wins. You know, he's not at the forefront of people's the tips of their tongues when you're lining up favorites for events and stuff. But Matsuyama, he there are a lot of hard workers on the tour, but I've seen that guy working at times that it, it, it's mind numbing. And I yes. remember at the PGA uh, last year at um, um, Kiwa Island, we were shooting a post round hit there for CBS, um, and it was dark, and there was one guy on the putting green. And he had just won the Masters a few months right before that. It was a Deki Matsuyama. And I took a picture of it and I put it on Twitter. I'm like, hey, Aspirin Professionals, you might want to check this out. It's dark and this guy's still working on his craft right here. And he does it week in and week out. And Bryson does it too, but Bryson does it with more fanfare because he's bashing drivers at 9 p.m. in the evening in the floodlights. Where Deki's on the putting green all the time. And he just keeps on ironing it out. And it showed this weekend and uh, it certainly showed today because every putty hits bar one i think it was unless my memory is failing me rolled at the hole and missed on the high side there was one attempt he had there on number 14 that just nosedived a bit looks like he he started a bit left and it got low but the guy has really improved that department of the game and that's why he's won three times in the last 17 18 events i think it is did, did yeah. you guys also notice um, how fiery he was? I think it was after that miss at 14. He was, he he looked, I, I haven't seen that kind of emotion out of him. He was slapping his thigh. and So he was, um, he mentioned this in his post-round interview. This is an important event to him. And it might not seem like that. You might look at the schedule, Greg, and say, oh, Sony Open, why, why is that so important? But you know the history uh, that Hideki Matsuyama has with his country. And the Sony Open was the first event that a Japanese player won on the PGA Tour. And he was honored to kind of add his name to that list. So I wonder if if that was part of him really, really wanting to try to you know go out there and grab this thing if he could. Yeah, that's what it looked like, right? It looked like he really... It 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 didn't look like uh, I was so I was so far back. I was yeah. five back. It was like I I can I know I can do this. I'm right here. I but you can't miss that putt. And so I thought that was kind of cool to see a, a little bit of fire in him um, for a guy who's so stoic all the time, which is great too. But um, he just he really showed to me today how how badly he wanted it, and that puts the pressure on on a, a Russell Henley as well. 
you start to see a guy who who's narrowly missing and you can see that he's hungry and he's coming for us. He he's getting after me here and I'm feeling uh, I'm fe- I feel like I'm on my heels and he feels like he's attacking. And I thought even though Hideki missed that putt, that felt that that was the the feeling, the sense that I got during that moment. Iso Aoki won the 1983 Sony Open. Hideki Matsuyama said after the event to follow him up on Over the Moon. Um, Russell Henley, Mark, uh, hmm. whether fair or not, people will point to maybe some Sunday struggles. We remember the U.S. Open, this one here, five shots clear heading into the back nine. I don't know if that is warranted criticism for Russell Henley, but that that might be the story that we hear about him in the next couple of days. Yeah, it's unfair. Uh, he shot how many under par in in four rounds? His first round out this season. Let's not forget that this was a guy that mentioned to a few of us here in Columbus before he left. He's like, man, I've worked on my game, but I haven't got to play very much because it's been so wet. Right. So I hadn't got out on the golf course. He gets out there to, to Hawaii a little early, spends some time out there and finds a groove. And yes, he didn't win. And it's going to sting because at Travelers last year, he was in contention again after spilling in the final round there at Torrey Pines in the US Open. So I, I, I walked up to him on the range and I was like, sorry, mate, how are you doing? And he goes, no, that hurt for a little while, I'll be honest with you. Um, but I'm going to get right back in the saddle and go. And he had a chance there at the Travelers and sort of spilled a few. I think it was late Saturday afternoon, but still had a decent finish. So I don't think the, the, the critique is warranted. I think there's a whole bunch of good stuff that was going on there. I mean, he looked like he could have rivaled anyone for a stretch of about nine holes there. Um, and so there's a lot to build on and there's some golf courses here just down the way that he's played well at before. So hopefully he can, you know, build on this a little bit and just put this one behind him. It look, I know it lacks the victories, Greg, but this is a really great stretch of golf from Russell Henley. I mean, it's, it's very hard to be second in strokes gained approach third in putting in a week and not win. He just kind of ran into a little bit of a decky buzzsaw. He got clipped in a playoff. We say it week in and week out. Winning on the PGA Tour is very, very difficult. Russell Henley continues to put himself in position. continues to show up in what we would be like, oh, the, the good advanced metrics, right? The, these are things that are sustainable and projectable and, and look good for the future. Things just haven't shaken out the way that he would probably like them to have. Yeah, and um, I think a, a portion of this, well, first of all, you don't make any birdies on nine on on the last nine of a tournament. It's very hard to win. You yeah. let you let the chasers right back in it. You got to make a birdie. Um, you, you just have to make a birdie, and, and it's it's not easy to do. And it's no discredit to him, but that's that's why he's not. That's why he didn't win this tournament. He didn't make a single birdie on the back nine. And but all that being said, he's been playing great. He's a great, but one of my favorite players to watch. But I, I think a big portion of why people will judge his Sunday performances is he kind of has a uh, um, a a jitteriness about him when he's reading putts. He he moves kind of quickly and he's in the middle and he looks at it and then he goes back and he looks at the other side and and he it's almost like a Keegan Bradley kind of style and it that looks nervy and mm. for somebody who you don't see every he's not Jordan Spieth. We are not watching every shot throughout the entirety of the week. You watch him when he's in contention. And when you see that kind of 
um, movement, it's very easy to say, oh, he's nervous. And it, that's just the way that he is. And that's the way that he does things. But it looks a little more nervy than some of the other guys, far more nervy than, say, Hideki Matsuyama. Here's what I want to add, because uh, I've, I've had the luxury of knowing, knowing him well, and he's practiced out yet at our facility and stuff. Um, it, there was a real hole in his game wedge-wise uh, a couple of years ago, and he's really ironed that out. Um, he's now really sharp, I think, with a wedge in hand. Then the putter was would let him down, but he's just grinded and worked hard and become a good putter under the counsel of Ramon Bescanza. And so he he seems to be making strides all the time, Russell Henley. And the way I would look at it is that, yes, he might not be holding the trophy, but he was the co-low scorer for two for, for um, the, the tournament, 72 holes. Yeah. And last summertime uh, at Detroit, um, Jaco Neiman was the same thing. He led all four rounds, gone to playoff. The first time he wasn't leading was on the first playoff hole <laughs> when he made a bogey and he was out. Right. And I remember looking at this and I caught, I spoke to him like for two seconds afterwards. And I was like, hard luck, man, that just sucks. Cause you've led the entire event. Then you get in the playoff and then you lose. And so Russell was going to somehow just look at it that way and said, look, after regulation, I was co-leader and it just didn't work out my way. So, so yeah, people can criticize all they like. They're going to, he doesn't look at social media very much, which is a good thing. And just go on, just keep playing because it's going in the right direction with the work he's done. Hideki Matsuyama outduels Russell Henley in a playoff to win the Sony Open. Let's go on to a couple of other interesting nuggets from the week. T3, Kevin Kisner, Seamus Power. Greg, Kevin Kisner, no surprise there. This is probably one of the better courses on the PGA Tour for him. And Seamus Power, who since last summer has been a great ball striker, has found a victory, seemingly contending more often. I'm I'm very excited for 2022 Seamus Power. You've been on Seamus Power for quite some time. Oh, oh. Do you want me to tell you why? Okay, this Mark, you'll love you'll love this too. I think I know Sha- the story. Seamus Power in May, I think it was May, the Corn Ferry Tour event down the street, 10 minutes away, of course I play all the time, was mm-hmm. at Paiute. It was 30 mile an hour winds. It was a blistery cold day in may and i was out there watching this guy absolutely flush every single shot on a course that i know and i was like this guy's a pure flusher like i i cannot keep my eyes off of him and i've been following him very closely for the last nine months and he he never disappoints people don't realize how big he is how strong his legs are and he's built hard to the ground so i mean he's just so stable when he plays and and i made some really shoddy calls this week with some of my picks but i picked him as a sleeper and it's getting to the place now where week in and week out the game throughout the bag is just so sound that i don't think he's going to be a sleeper for very long he's by far and away you know mcelroy aside because he's northern irish but the best irishman in the game in my opinion and and he's going from strength to strength because he's got a really sound head on his shoulders and plays down there in the Ponte Vedra area. So, you know, he's getting competition from the Horschels and the Cam Smiths and all the guys that live in that area. So it's, it's the kind of situation now where he's realizing I've got what it takes and I've contended and I've won on the tour and, and, and I, I'm with you. I think 2022 might be a, a, an exciting time for him. Yeah. Would you Rick over your, over his career, consider him 
a more of a putter guy. I always think of Seamus Power as I, I feel like his ball striking is kind of is starting to catch up to his putting. No, dude, he's, a hitter. he's a hitter. He can hit it. Trust me. I, he hits it well. But statistically, I, I know he hits it well. He's a he is a complete flush. I I agree. Statistically, statistically, he made a huge leap in 2021 in the ball striking categories. A huge leap, right. and he was for the three years prior to that uh, a negative player, and and he was better with the putter. Whatever he did, his his last call it hundred rounds, he took a massive leap, and we're seeing the it pay dividends right now. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, so the driver this week was great. Obviously, um, and the putter was what he always does. But looking at this leaderboard, it, it's amazing to me how many. Well, first of all, that Hideki wins, which I find interesting. And then you have all the, you got a group of putters right there behind him with with uh, Kisner and Power and Michael Thompson, and then and then you got a couple more ball strikers in there. But but it's kind of interesting how those two guys when putting showed up to be so important in the model pre-week. And and now you have those two guys come right in here in Kisner and power and content. Um, so of course you got to hit it well, but it, but that was, that was cool. Cool to see. He, I don't even know where to go with a couple of these other bullet points that we have on the outline here. Mark, what? Oh, oh, perfect time. And Kyle Porter's here. <laughs> KP, welcome to the show. What up? Hey buddy. How Bear's are you? looking good, bro. I like it. Thank you. I'm, All right, I'm, per- perfect timing. We're going to throw you right into this. We'll uh, before we go to break, we'll get your whole thoughts on the on the decky stuff. But you you did um, you got Vince Carter dot gift this week. I did. Uh, first time since uh, twenty twenty Phoenix Finau and Webb. I think. Carla, you're a little late because you had to rewrite your article. <laughs> I did. Yeah, <laughs> I wonder. I mean, to be fair, did you see the data golf number, Rick? 98.6%. Henley was the win, I think. 97. 97. And yeah, there we go. (laughs) (laughs) Appreciate that one, Mark. Um, (laughs) You know, it it, it was interesting. I went back and looked at Henley's numbers. So he plays uh, seven nine-hole stretches. Right, leading like the first 63 holes are it's seven nine hole stretches. He makes at least two birdies or eagles in every one of those, and he makes none over the final nine. And he just, I mean, that's and that's part of the deal, right? Is like you get to those final nine and it feels different than the other, the other seven versions of that, the other seven iterations of that bef- before the final nine holes. So he, he didn't, he didn't close it out, he just didn't get it done. Uh, but Hideki was just awesome. I mean, it, he, it, and, and what fun, I mean, it was such a fun, like, you know, it's not a great field. It's kind of a lazy, sleepy week as far as PGA tour tournaments go. And it was like, might be the finish of the year. And, and I, and I love that we never know when that's coming. It was just, it was such a delight to watch and, and to, to see all of it unfold. Yeah, we were saying obviously it's like the shot of the year already, but that one's going to stand up for a while. The Hideki approach in the playoff, which is just it's it's disgusting. You could I wonder. I mean, he's good enough. I always think like, okay, if I dropped uh, if I dropped a bucket of balls there, I I, like I'm not even physically capable of hitting that shot that he hit. (laughs) Like infinite 
balls, right? Like infinite balls. But I do wonder, like, if you gave that guy, I don't know, 20? How like how many is that his best of 20 shots? Is that his best of 100 shots of five? How good, how good is Hideki? And to do it in that moment. Well, I don't understand making it stop like like having it check like that, right? It's I mean, he hit it high, I guess, for a three-wood, but it, it it just it was remarkable that it didn't like you know, I hit a three wood like that and it's banging off the back. Even if it, even if it like looks like that, it's still skipping off the back into the, into the stands and it just like checks up. It was looked like an eight iron. It was unbelievable. Yeah. A little, it was a little soft golf course still uh, the thing carving in there left to right softened it a little bit, but it was coming in from on a high. Uh, that, that thing took off like a homesick angel from that tide lie in the fairway. Um, it, it was, it was start. I would say, if you gave him 20, Rick, yeah, that would be the best by a long shot. He'd probably hit the green. What do you say, Greg? 11 times 50 percent ish, and then From the rest 276. Maybe... I think that's even high. I yeah, mean, yeah. Maybe, yeah. On, maybe on a driving range, it, he hits it 50 percent of the time with no, not on the golf course, no pressure, and Off that 11 lie, you know, know, 10 balls in a row. Um, it all be around still... that he could play, he, he could play the third. I think you'd see him missing more left. That's why he carved it in there to give himself some room. You wouldn't want to short side yourself on the right. Mm. Oh, but that was special. That was just a hits, special. Just one. hits his absolute ceiling shot in the moment when he has to. Unbelievable stuff. Uh, we're on our odds and ends portion here, KP. And quite frankly, we're going to get a PGA Tour, you know, documentary on Netflix. The one I want to see, I think, is Rory Sabatini, um, who has seemingly. <laughs> Just endless. I'm not sure what's going on. So there's a photo from this week where now he has his, I guess, previous sponsor taped over on his hat in what looks like painter's tape. He's got a brand new tattoo, which is, uh, yep, producer Jacob showing it on on uh, on YouTube right now, which that's in Farsi. That's a Sabatini. My wife was able to translate that. Um, the, the, a couple of new additions to the wardrobe. I, I need 24-7 access to Rory Sabatini. That would be... Well, Empty my bank account. This looks, this photo, if you're watching on YouTube, this photo looks very Photoshopped. It looks like you took, <laughs> yeah. it looks like somebody like took a little, like the little edit thing you can do on your iPhone and like blued out his hat. <laughs> yeah, it's like almost like clip art. <laughs> yeah. And then like drew on his form and even like the shirt. I mean, the whole thing is like just one big Photoshop. I, I don't, he's, I mean, he would be fascinating to like follow around with a camera for a documentary and to see, and to put him in the chair because I, I don't think that I don't know that he would care what he what he would say, which is kind of the people that you want sitting there, you know, with a microphone in front of them. So <laughs> I don't I don't know where he finished or what's going on here, but uh, he he definitely provides some content for sure. Yeah, he missed the cut, sixty nine, sixty seven, four under, missed the cut by a shot. Does it feel like? The PG, maybe this is the pip stuff, Greg. Maybe everyone's just getting a little bit spicier, but we've got like Rory Sabatini blowing out his hat. We've got Grayson Murray taking a shot at Kevin Na, Kevin Na putting him in a body bag afterwards. I, I mean, it is just like there, there, there's feuds now. I feel like there's never been feuds before. We're getting feuds. It's very interesting. I, social media is a huge part of it. Um, I, I don't know how to explain the Rory Sabatini thing. I, I don't know if that's, <laughs> that's the best player no impact does. program related, but you know, these guys are, they're normal golf fans. And it's so funny. We sit here and think, well, there's, you know, 
we're talking about all these guys behind their backs. That's the feeling that you always get. But as we've learned, you never know who's really listening. And social media is the same way. So you're Grayson Murray and, you, you know, <laughs> you, in your private moments, you roll your eyes at Kevin Na because he takes a long time to hit putts, in your opinion, and uh, you tweet it. And this is like the number, this is the number one thing that, that you're going to have to teach your kids in, in this day and age from a very young age, you can't put stuff on social media like that. It, it doesn't go, you can't say that. Think before and you, somebody's going to see it. So I just, I, I, uh, I think it's clear, quite clear that Grayson shouldn't have, maybe shouldn't have tweeted that out, but it, it's you, definitely it, entertaining. So did you see he tweets now about the slow play, which is always slow around there because of the two par fives when you're turning on a, on a full field day. Now comes back with like, well, it's boring to see you miss cuts or whatever he said. Yeah. And then Grayson comes back and said, well, look, if they did penalize you for slow play, you'd be missing the cuts every week as well. It's an uphill battle. I, yeah, Kevin not hit him with a... So it said, Kevin Na, this is from Grayson Murray, Kevin Na taking three minutes to putt does get old. And Kevin Na said, you missing the cut is getting old, which is like kind of, uh, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. And at the time, Kevin Na was, uh, I think that was Friday night. So he was like basically in the lead or near the top. And it's like, all right, well, I guess we're doing that this weekend. Yeah, there it is. Producer Jacob has it. Good stuff. Jeez, oh man. Grayson, Twitter is heating Grayson up. Had another, Grayson had another reply to now after that. I mean, it's good. Uh, yeah, I didn't see I didn't see the one after it. Oh, Benny Yon got involved as well. Somebody please call an ambulance for Grayson here. He, that guy is funny. Yeah, he's him. okay. Here's a take. How about this? I love Max Homa. I think Ben On's funnier than Max Homa on Twitter. Ben on times it right. Ben on just yeah. comes out like he's not, you know, I don't know how many tweets per month Max Homa has, but I'm sure Ben Nons is a fraction of that. And when he and when Ben on comes out, it's worth it. It's yes. it's, it's worth very it. witty, very yeah. witty. Great. His, his uh, batting average on balls in play is, is <laughs> yeah. very high. <laughs> yes uh all right gentlemen we're gonna do our best bets one and done recap of kp since uh since you had to scrap the article rewrite it i do want to make sure <laughs> if there, i'm sure you had that russell henley wins sony open draft <laughs> ready to go and thinking ah early night early night tonight here we well, go and you had to yeah it. the problem the problem was i had i i didn't have that part i had just some hideki nuggets that as like like you know, I do grades and I had a Hideki grade and I had some nuggets and I was like, wow, I'm going to have to <laughs> erase all that and rewrite him at the top. But yeah, I mean, I said a lot of it earlier. It was just to me, I mean, Hideki's career, I think you guys probably already talked about this career is super underrated. I mean, he's won yeah. eight times in some mega events before the age of 30 and he's only played, I mean, him and Rory have played about the same number of PGA tour events, but Hideki's at 203. I think Rory's at like 209 or 208, something like that. Rory's won 20 times, which is super impressive. But he's also, you know, probably the best player of his generation. But Hideki's won eight times in 203 PGA Tour events. That's really good. And and it's not like, you know, if, if you're looking at just the pure best fields, this is probably the worst one, the worst event that he's won, which is... Mm. 
I mean, he, he's won incredible. I mean, maybe one of the Phoenix Phoenix probably has better field than this traditionally, but he's just, he, he's had a, I think an underrated career. I mean, at winning eight times in this era over the last seven years is it's a ton. And, uh, go ahead. No, I was going to say just for, just for, you know, global state uh, sakes, it depends what newspaper you're reading. Because if you're reading about Hideki anywhere else in the world, he's legendary, especially in Japan. Yeah, in the United States, he's sort of one of the folks that might contend. Yeah, I think. yeah. So well, and that's I wouldn't what... call it. Com- I wouldn't. I, I agree with you to a certain extent there. I mean, that's what we see, though, right? Like we, I don't, I don't get the newspaper in Japan, so I'm experiencing, and I think that like our audience is experiencing and and I was texting with Sean Martin about this. He's like, we were going back and forth and I was like, listen, like people that follow like PJ tour golf, I think they don't really realize how good Hideki has been. I mean, he's top 10 in strokes gain over the last seven years. He's up there with guys like Rom and DJ and Rory and Spieth and JT. And uh, yeah, he, he's like, that's big picture. His career has been just, just underrated like he's he's not even 30 i i can't get over that he'll be 30 next month in february i can't believe he's still in his 20s so it was cool to see forever yeah it was cool to see i think russell henley's kind of underrated too he's been he's really improved over the last three four years and it was just fun to see them kind of go back and forth i know henley had a kind of a bad back nine for him but i just had a blast man like you know following last week which was really fun scoring record all that you kind of don't have high expectations for this week and it over delivered. I thought it was even more exciting than, than last week was. So I just had a lot of fun watching golf tonight and, and seeing Hideki win. We're going to do our best bets. We're going to do our one and done update. And there is a pretty significant one and done update to make. So stay tuned for that. But first we're going to take a quick break and hear a word from our partners. I do my best to live a healthy lifestyle. I try to get out there, work out, break a sweat when possible. I'm not necessarily a fitness or a a wellness freak, but I'm just trying to be a little bit healthier every single day, which is where Sun Warrior comes into play for me. It is a plant-based, eco-friendly, performance-boosting, all things brand that I want to talk about. And it's their active nutrition line that is something that I've been messing around with over the course of the past couple of months. And it's really working out for me because with protein, creatine, pre-workout, and hydration, these products are designed to optimize your performance. And I'm always up for optimizing any aspect of my life, even boosting my own energy reserves or being more hydrated after a long day in the gym or on the golf course. It really does turbocharge my recovery. It's something that I really take seriously and it's real nutrition for real life. So go check out sunwarrior.com and use code first. And we're back. Best bets, gentlemen. Two and two. KP, you and I are losers. Taylor Gooch, top 20. Abe Answer, top 10. No thank you, Greg, though. Corey Connors over Mark Leishman. Cash it. Did you Corey Connors had a very good Sunday? Did you need that? I think you were I think you were plenty good, weren't you? Yeah, I I think so. Connors um, finished at 16 under. Leishman finished at 11 under. Okay, yeah, no, nah, you were you were you were pretty good here. Yeah, but needed needed a good Sunday, right? That goes the other way. It goes the other way. Leishman goes crazy on Sunday, and it's a different story. But it's nice, nice to hit on a 
two best bets in a row and the Hawaii swing has been good for me and in, in the best bets. So um, Corey Connors, it was predictable. He was going to have a good week, but you never know when it's the first time you're seeing a guy, especially when they just have had a baby, right? Look, we talked about this a couple of weeks ago with Jordan and how, when Jordan comes back, you don't know what he's been doing. Like, you, you know, at the century tournament of champions that a lot of these guys have been getting ready for the season. But the guys who just had a, a baby, you don't know if where their focus really is, and for good reason. And Corey Connors is right in that role. So, but but it seemed like such a good fit for him, and I love what he's been doing on the greens. And so that's why I took him, and I thought he'd beat Leishman. I like the number on it, and I'm glad it hit. Corey Connors, uh, okay, he did gain strokes putting again this week. I wanted to check. He's now ne- still never lost strokes putting in an event at Wiley. But Mark, whew, you you had Hideki. Hideki over Webb Simpson, plus 105 was your best bet. You were all over the winner, my friend. Yeah, for the first time in the history of ever that I got one of these things correct, which is fun. <laughs> I would happily trade it for a non-miscut in the one-and-done league, but that's uh, we'll get to um, We'll get to that. Yeah, uh, but, you know, I, I didn't think this was that difficult a call, really, the way Matsuyama had looked like he was playing last week and going to a place where, you know, Honolulu has got a lot of Japanese folks that live over there, and if, if one, of, one of the Japanese start playing well, you know, they're going to have big support, which we saw he had. One and done. I'm not going to start with you, Kyle. That's good news for you, my friend. I'm going to start. <laughs> I'm going to start with Sia Najat, who has 943,000, and that actually is more than he had last week because he went with Kevin Na, who got out to a quick start. Finished T20 for 79,000, probably a little bit disappointing there. KP, you leapfrog Sia. You are now. Above him, 975,000, thanks to the work of Corey Connors. And that Sunday, I believe it was a 64, rattled his way up the leaderboard to 11th, 189,375. Yeah, I think Connors might be a like an autoplay for, for me here in the future. He's really good here. I mean, you, you mentioned it earlier, like four straight positive strokes gain putting. That, that doesn't feel like... And it could still be a statistical outlier. He might have a bad week next year, whatever. But that feels like a like a thing, like a trend. It's by far the the uh, his best putting numbers on any course he's played at least three times. By far, not even close. So maybe it's a thing. And, and it's not it's so good that you like worry about like Kevin Na for yeah. see his choice. Yeah. You know, he's the defending champion. It's easy to say, oh well, I'm playing Hideki here every year. Well, he just won. He's probably not going to win again next year. But Corey Connors feels like he's on the right trend, so I, I like that. His four is just so high with the way he hits it. I mean, he's just he's just automatic from tee to green. He's so good. Unfortunately, myself, Greg, Jacob, <clears throat> and Mark are all in the same exact position we were in because we all got missed cuts. Greg... Uh, you, myself, and Mark had Cameron Smith missed cut. Uh, I did not see that one coming. No. And <laughs> I, I just, I violated my own rule again. And so this is you becoming seem to a, do that often. Yeah. It's becoming a disappointing <laughs> season. 
I mean, I I mean like it, it, Greg has rules that kind of like cross each other, so he can't yeah. he, he can't ever like match them up. Right? How can I? How can I not break it? All these rules. <laughs> but no, this is a simple one, right? You, I, I don't. I typically don't take guys who won last week, and I don't take guys who want are defending champions. And, and those are two simple things. That it, it's just a different ball game, and the probability says it's not going to happen again. So. Well, it just, it's such a waste because it's still going to be a great year for Cam Smith and, and he's probably going to win again uh, and definitely contend again. And this is just the, this is like an obvious down week. So I'm, I I thought it was going to be a JT 2017 scenario and it, it wasn't. It was not. Um, Now, Mark, I also mentioned you had Cam Smith, but the, the, the big issue here is that the coach, Yes, the coach had Russell Henley. And we were nervously texting, worried <laughs> that he might get the full 1.2, 1.3 million or whatever it was. He's only going to get 817,000, but he is going to move into second place. You're still 1.4 million clear, but it's got to be a little bit scary to have the coach breathing down your neck. <laughs> well, two things. Um Along Greg's lines, yeah, I've got a book for the one and done league where I pencil names in for each event. And for Sony, I had Henley, Kucher, Kirk, and Neiman. Now, obviously, Neiman wasn't in the field, but I just leave those and I go with Cam Smith because <laughs> I had stars in my eyes. So, so that was idiotic. But as far as the coach goes, um, so I text him when it's about the 16th hole. I text him privately and I'm like, go Adeki. And there's crickets. I don't hear a word from him because normally it's like fast to fire back and there's nothing. And then all of a sudden, as they're walking onto 18 green in regulation, I get one word back there. Damn. <laughs> and I can imagine <laughs> what it sounded like. I just wish we'd had the audio for coach saying that. And then I was like, nah, man, I'm just kidding. Uh, yeah, I'm, a, I'm, I'm really high on Russell Henley, but I'm kind of hoping that he doesn't win just because of you. And so then we had a little banter going on, but yeah, it was a big pull by him. I was happy to see Coach got a get a get a win for the first time, and it's it's kind of odd not to see his name at the bottom of the list there. Yeah, that's right. I think we've got thirty five or thirty six events left. We'll see how it shakes out. A couple of quick guys before we get out of here: the Georgia Bulldogs ha- had themselves a week. Not only the national championship in football, but all ten, every single one of them, made the cut this week. Which I don't know, Greg. I c- could I've gotten. Odds on every Georgia Bulldog making the cut, all 10 of them, I think I would have got a pretty good number on that. I think so, too, with as many as there are. I mean, it's not like there's three. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I've never seen anything like that, but this would have been the week for that. And well, Wait a and- second. I, I live in Georgia right now, and the state is over the moon, okay? The Braves win the World Series. Georgia win the national championship for the first time in 40-odd years. Um that's why I pulled. That's why with this uh, first round leader thing, I was like, I'll go with Kisnes. So one of these bulldogs is going to come out in a really good mood, and lo and behold, Henley nearly pulls it off. So, so there, there's a lot of very happy people around uh, the Peach State. Three in the top seven: Henley, Kisner, Keith Mitchell, Chris Kirk. You guys want to jump in? I've got six more. Uh, is Sepp Straka? No, he didn't. Sepp Straka, yes. That counts. Patrick Reed wasn't in the field, was he? Wasn't in the field. I got five more. 
I'll give you Grayson Sig. I don't know if oh, you're going to uh, get there on Grayson Hudson Sig. Swafford. Hudson Brian Swafford. Har- Brian Harmon. Brian Harmon. Two more. Uh, we can do uh, this. Harris English. Harris English. One more. Oh, we can nice. do this. Uh, I can't we remember can do the it. first names you've listed. He has he has two first names. <laughs> that doesn't help. <laughs> Most blue blood Georgia folks do. Spencer. Can I, can I get like a year? Like a. Uh, he's been on the tour for like a while, for like eight years, probably. He he was a multi-time winner a couple of years ago. He lost in a playoff to DJ at some point recently, ish last three years. Great. great putter, not a great driver. Accurate though, not long. Hmm. Nothing. Lost in a playoff to DJ? Did he lose it? Or maybe he melted down to DJ. Maybe they didn't go to a playoff. Uh, Brendan Todd. Brendan Todd. Sorry, maybe uh, it wasn't a playoff. Brendan Todd, two first names. There you go. That's the yeah. whole list. Pretty cool. Jacob said yeah. we could have parlayed the make the cut. Yeah, I wonder what those numbers could have been. It probably would have been, geez, 300 to 1. Last thing, KP, you tweeted this out, and I really like it, because last week, one week ago today, we came on here, and we were like, oh, my God, everybody hates clown golf. Cam Smith, 34 under par, 258 strokes. Henley and Hideki this week, 257 strokes. Widely loved and enjoyed, and they took less strokes than the other guy. There's just so much emotion tied to the score to par. Yeah. Right. Like there's there's so <laughs> much emotion tied to, and I get it. Like 34 under looks ridiculous. I mean, it, it does just, and if it's a problem, just change the par of Kapalua, make those long par fives, par fours. And then all of a sudden you don't, you don't have that prior. I don't care. Don't change it. But I just, I want people to like, see like that, it's not it, it they're they're being manipulated their emotions are being manipulated by what the score to par, like what the par of the course is which is which is just it's absurd like it's just a ridiculous thing it don't, the par of the course serves only one purpose and it's so that you can relate keep track of the yeah when people are on different holes right if somebody's at 250 256 and somebody else is at you know 180 you have, and they're on completely different holes you have no idea right you're all of a sudden you're doing math to par and you end up in the same place that's but that's the only reason for it i couldn't you agree could, more you, with you, yeah you can make the par 18 you can make it a par 18 and say well everybody's 60 way over and it did it, it's 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 all relative right it just it, it doesn't like yeah anyway we could talk about this for 30 minutes i'm not trying to ruin a great night <laughs> would it ruin a great night it would definitely definitely ruin it if we talked about it for 30 i just get i get <laughs> fired up i feel like oh this is clown golf and it's like what 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 about this week like it was it's gl- you know what carl i'm glad you did this because there's a <laughs> there's a pile on factor when it comes to social media as well it's like one thing gets trending and everyone feels like they've got to like do it we had the same thing with tory pines last year and so i'm glad you pointed this out just to say to folks hey Let's wise up a little bit and think a little wider than our uh, than our device screen, please. That's awesome. Yeah. There you go. All right. That'll do it. I'll leave you with one more thought from producer Jacob. Georgia, the peach state, even though South Carolina produces more peaches per year 
Sounds fraudulent <laughs> to me. Mark, but we'll save that for another conversation. Carolina is the Palmetto State for Pete's What a sake. stat. That's an unbelievable stat. The peach count. Here shooting shooting facts. Greg Ducharme, thank you very much. At the real GFD producer Jacob. Are you here? Yes. Yeah, well, I was just gonna say, you know, there's <laughs> there's a big water tower of a peach, you know. Uh, in South in, Carolina. In exactly. South Carolina, not in Georgia. So, you know, look it up. Where's that? It's easily where it's where where's that? It's Gaffney. It's Gaffney, Gaffney, South Carolina. Yeah. Oh, that's right. I watch House of Cards. Uh yes. Bruce Jacob. <laughs> Does all the hard work behind the scenes of Mark Immelman at Mark underscore Immelman, Kyle Porter at Kyle Porter CBS. And you can find me at Rick Run Good. This has been the first cut, and we'll catch you next time. This is Sandra Herrera from Attacking Third, a podcast part of the CBS Sports Golazo Network dedicated to all things women's soccer. With the NWSL expanding to 14 teams, the 2024 season promises to be bigger and better than ever, and Attacking Third will be along for the ride from start to finish. Before that, though, we'll be all over the CONCACAF W Gold Cup, where the U.S. women's national team is looking to clinch silverware on home soil. We'll also be keeping tabs on the winter transfer window, the Women's Super League, the UEFA Women's Champions League, and elsewhere. Coming to you multiple times a week with game previews, recaps, analysis, breaking news, exclusive interviews, and more. Attacking Third is your one-stop shop for the best coverage of the women's game. Download, follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and anywhere podcasts are found. Make sure you subscribe to Attacking Third.